through that process, I kind of kept coming back to the same things. It was about empathy and connection and community. And so I was like, okay, like, I think this is what it's about. Start with the art first and take the pressure off the outcome. As an impressionist painter, I'm a little bit romanced by light and <laughs> landscapes. So much reassurance, like come back to the basics and keep it simple. Welcome to the show. Today I am here with former Navy officer and an artist who had a full ride to MIT, but took another adventurous path instead. I want to welcome to the show from Jacksonville, Florida, Kristen Chronic. So good to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Can you start out by just telling us a little bit more about yourself and how you ended up a full-time artist while also being a mama? You have books, you have a busy career. Tell us about you and how you got here, Kristen. Sure. Um, well, I, I, as you mentioned, I'm a formal, former naval officer, and that was uh, a path that I was able to take in my early 20s that I really, really loved. And I thought that I would stay in forever, at least for a full career, um, until I had my daughter. And so I had initially set out to um, continue on my path. I was in about six years when I had her. And when she was born, it was one of those, I, I didn't realize it till I was holding this baby that I it was not the path I was supposed to take. And so during maternity leave, I resigned. Um, I did have... I did have some dreams of pursuing my art. I had always pursued painting as a hobby during that time in the Navy because it kept me happy. And yeah, everyone needs something. Um, and I always, I always loved to do it. Um, and I knew I wanted to eventually. I figured it would probably be a couple years down the ride. I did have a, a small child at that point and I was transitioning out of the military. My husband was too. We knew he would get out. We didn't know I would. Um, that was not the plan. It was for me to change my mind. Um, and so we kind of took this. Um, we took this this bumpy path. Um, but we did resign. I did resign. I was going to have a civilian job. And it takes about nine months or so to process out of the military. It's not like a two weeks notice. And so by the time I was getting out, this was in twenty seventeen, I think. Um, I was actually pregnant again with my son. So we had a baby about a one, about a nine month old and my son. Um, and I got out of the military on a Thursday. And then on Sunday, our home flooded during Hurricane Irma. And it was this like perfect storm. I was having an identity crisis of a huge career change and our home was destroyed. Um, I had a baby which has its own cocktail of of change and then I was also pregnant mm -hmm. and then that civilian job that I had taken ended up being a pretty bad fit and I started to spiral and a couple months later I found myself in a pretty big pit of anxiety and depression and um, I started to more purposely paint again uh, obviously I'd taken a bit of a, a couple months off during that season and I started to paint again and it hit me I was like oh wow if I'm doing this now this is what I need to do. And this is what I've always wanted to do. And I kind of had just ignored it and, and disqualified it as something that was valid in my own mind for a really long time. And so I just started. I, I, yeah, I mean, long story short, I, I started to scatter seeds anywhere they made sense. I started doing home portraits for realtors. 
still do those. They're wonderful. Um, they're, they're so much fun. And I had done a little coffee shop show, had my son, I did quit my job. Um, and, and yeah, we, we were able, I mean, we can go into that if you'd like, we, we, um, we were at a state where we could kind of condense to one income. So we basically just like trimmed a whole lot of fat off our budget and we were like, okay, we're doing this under the guise of me staying home. Cause it felt easier to say that than, Hey, I'm pursuing the stream. Um, and so we, I'm staying home with my son. My daughter actually was in some care just to keep things consistent for her. Um, and, but really what I was doing was trying to start something and we gave it six months and then it turned into 12 and then five years later, <laughs> I'm still doing it. What an amazing story. <laughs> I love how you said there that you scattered seeds anywhere they made sense. That really resonated with me because I think sometimes when we're starting out, whether it be in any endeavor or in our art career, we need to scatter the seeds and see what takes. So what really took for you? What seeds did you scatter that took that Mm. in your art you said, okay, this is it. This is the thing that pilots the way for my my art business Mm. and me as an artist. That's such an interesting question. Cause it's, it's with the, with business, business can be so unpredictable. Um, and so it's hard to say, cause honestly it's changed. It's changed. It's evolved pretty much every year. Things have shifted, but I would say when I started with curiosity is a really big influence in my studio. And when I started with curiosity and this urge to simply say something, and then I would try to find where it needed to fit. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's a drawer and I don't show it to people because I was just like, I just wanted to play. It was just for me. Um, sometimes it's turned into a body of work that I thought would be really good in galleries. And so that may have t- taken on, sorry, that may have taken off. Um, another time it turned into a body of work that I thought would be better online and that turned into its own thing. So I try to always start with the art first and taking the, I mean, it's easier said than done, but taking the pressure off the outcome and first make what feels right. Um, and and then go from there. So that's a long answer. Oh, but it's so insightful (laughs) because you just said, start with the art first and take the pressure off the outcome. That's a quote right there. That's just brilliant. Start with the art first and take the pressure off the outcome. So you have books And you do this really, you offer a service that I, it blows my mind. It's really unique. I'd never actually heard of it before, even though I should have. And I've interviewed a lot of live painters, but I have not actually heard of a painter who paints live at weddings and you actually paint the wedding (laughs) at the wedding. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to get into that (laughs) in a minute, but can you first start by telling me about your books and where do we find them and what is the message? What is the heart behind your books? Okay. I'm so excited. So, um, I have to kind of back up to answer that question. No problem. Um, uh, when I mentioned, you know, starting with the art and then letting it turn into what it turns into, um, one thing I had really wanted to do when I was in the military was paint this experience. Um, I, my undergrad, I went to undergrad at the Naval Academy. It's in Annapolis, Maryland. It's a military school and it, it's a special place to a lot of people. And when I did it, I didn't really have much military in my family. And I had discovered the work of Pete Souza. He's a photographer and he had photographed um, the, like the boot camp that we do. It's called Bleep Summer. 
And this was before social media, this was in 2007. And so I remember like pouring over these images, like they helped me, they helped me understand what I was about to get myself into. And it wasn't too much longer. I was a plebe, you know, doing my thing there. And I kept seeing these paintings. I was like, oh my gosh, this needs to be a painting, but you can't do it. Like I'm, you know, I, I can't, I'm in formation. I'm getting yelled at, I'm being pushed up. So I can't paint. And so I promised myself one day I wanted to go back and paint this experience and, and possibly to help somebody else in or out of the community. And so long story short, when I did finally transition out of the military, it was in this state where I had time and availability in this space. I started to purposely tell this story. And so and what I really discovered, I mean, painting after painting, it took me four years to paint all of them. There's probably about 150 paintings in this body of work that turned into its own entity, its own brand, alias, I guess you would say. Um, I wanted to do a book because that's the most accessible. It just felt like the right thing. It was the most accessible way to hold these images and to look at them. And what I realized after all these paintings, what it was, it was really about the transformation of coming in to, in this particular instance, you know, a high school student that comes into this process and ends up as an officer, but like, we all go through these transformations in our life. Well, you know, in many different times as well, it's not just about the military. And so what I was trying to do with these paintings is tell it in a specific way to this place that meant something to me, but to also talk about the personal transformation that anybody can relate to. That's amazing. I love hearing that. So you you touched briefly there that you have a separate brand for your books and your work that leans into your life as a former Navy officer, which I want to take a moment and mm -hmm. say thank you for your service. I wanted to say that earlier. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. And so... <laughs> So, Kristen, your work that is leaning into your your life in the Navy, that has a separate brand. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I Early on, um, I, I dealt with the decision of, like, should this all be under one name or should I separate it? And I, I had this overwhelming instinct that they needed to be two different things. And so I do have my name, Kristen Chronic. That's what I paint under. Um, it's much more experimental and personal. Um, and then I have this alias that's called easel on stribbling and stribbling is a very common, a, a prominent road that passes through Annapolis. It's, um, it's a walkway actually. So it's, it's just, it's, it's supposed to feel intimate and I wanted it to be very specific towards this group of people that could bring them together and nurture this community. Um, and, and, and I realized that by making it separate while there's challenges to that, which I can touch on. Um, it allowed it to become what I needed it to be. And so it's it's a painting project and there's original paintings and it's this book. Um, and it's also, um, I've also made objects and, and retail items that can cultivate community and connection. That's something that I really want to do with my work. And so there's like cards and there's puzzles and there's things that would in, in really enforce and help people come together. Um, and it just felt like the right thing. And so that's, it's been so fun to like mold this into what it is and see where it goes. Cause sometimes it surprises me too. I don't necessarily think, see things coming and then it just, you know, we did paint kits during the pandemic to get everyone painting and just having fun. And, you know, I don't know if I'll do them again, but it was so fun to do. So, yeah. 
Yes, for sure. Well, I know when we were preparing to have you here on the Bold Artist Podcast, we looked at both of your brands and your site, Kristen Chronic, and then Easel on Stripling, which everyone can find links in the show notes and connect with Kristen right there in the links. But we looked at both of your sites and all that you have going on. And one of the things that Sharla and I remarked to each other is that it feels like you have so much happening that you must be so busy. You have just all these different avenues and branches to who you are as an artist and business. And our question is, how do you do it all? And how do you balance that and being a mom of three and still working full time at your art? What's the secret there, Kristen? I don't. I don't do it all. I have a lot of support and help for one thing. Um, My husband and I are like very much a team when it comes to the household duties and raising our kids. Um, I also have my two oldest in care. Um, One's in school, one's in daycare. And that's been important. I do see myself as a working artist, a working mom. um, And I've made peace with that. Um, I've learned it's important for me to have my own thing to also be present with them. Um, and also there's a lot of things I don't do and I, I don't, I'm not super active on social media. That's just one of those things that I have a hard time keeping up with because I, I just can't, <laughs> I just can't, and I don't love it either. Um, and so honestly, I, I, I did learn a couple years ago, I'm ADHD, which probably explains a uh, constant need to be doing different things. And so I, I learned to just accept that, embrace that where I, I, I get bored very quickly. And so I, I have four or five plates where I just like to kind of rotate in between. And so any given month, I'll just kind of like hop between things. Um, and and I like it. it. It makes sense for the way my brain works. There's time for things to simmer and to rest. Um, I also did hire someone um, who's been incredible on kind of just helping, especially with, on the easel and stripling side, just helping keeping up with some of those little things that I tend to let go of. (laughs) Um, And so really that's it. And honestly, I love creating. And so I, for me, making is a very grounding thing. And so I can't help but want to do it every day. Um, But you can tell what I don't like to do because it will just not get touched for six months, which is why I'm learning to outsource. Just a quick note here in this podcast, ask you if you're ever frustrated mixing your paint colors. Do you feel like you just end up with mud and you need help? If that's the case, you're going to be thrilled to know that BoldSchool.com offers a learning path that's dedicated to color theory. It's called the Color Path, and it will transform your eye and skills as an artist to know, understand, and mix colors. Check it out on our website. Our classes and community are here to support you and mentor you, not only in growing your skills, but in becoming a wholehearted artist. Now back to the show. (laughs) Yes. It is interesting to me that you just brought up the fact that you had learned about yourself and ADHD because we've just recently had an artist on the show who also has ADHD and we were talking about her need to rotate projects and how it first keeps Mm -hmm. her really creative but it also helps her to focus it's one of her tools of using focus Mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting that there's this thread between art and creativity and attention struggles and attention challenges but we have tools that we can learn to, you know, get ourselves 
you know, focused and still successful. And that's what's amazing is that even when mm-hmm. we have those attention challenges, we can still be successful. And I loved it just now when you said you had these different plates that you could focus on and it kept you challenged, but you're still moving forward and very successful. By all means, everything that we see you doing, we're in awe. And so you're managing <laughs> that ADHD quite well and doing a good job balancing the plates. Thank you. Well, thank you. The status of my house right now would suggest otherwise, but. (laughs) And that's okay too. I do the best. (laughs) Yes. So what fascinates me, and I mentioned it a minute ago, is that you do live wedding painting. Now, I am very familiar (laughs) with live painting. We've had other artists on the show who uh, they'll, they'll do live painting in restaurants or special events. And it's usually... Uh, something that they choose to paint, uh, you know, or that someone's commissioned them to paint. But I've never heard of someone painting a wedding right there at the venue on the day in the moment. And I need to know more about this, Kristen. It sounds amazing. (laughs) And it sounds, it sounds like a very bold move. Well, it wasn't my idea. Um, A lot of I kind of alluded to this before, a lot of my art career has been just incremental and organic and slow. Um, And that coffee shop show, that first one that I mentioned, uh, a future bride had walked in and seen it. And it's like eight months after the show went down, she had reached out and asked if she could, she was looking for something different for her wedding. This was in 2018. And she asked if I would be, I would consider doing it. She's like, I think that you would be good at it. And I was like, why would I do that? (laughs) That sounds terrible. That sounds so stressful. Um, But I agreed to do it. I was like, under the condition that like your expectations are very low. Like I was like, let me just figure this out. Um, And so that first one was stressful because I didn't really understand how to manage my time. Um, I just you know, I, I was, there was a lot, I was a lot. And then, but then I got kind of, I sat with it for a couple of weeks. I mean, I, the painting was fine. I, I was happy with it and it was fun. Um, but I sat with it for a few weeks and I was like, okay, like here's where I can refine my process. Here's how I can kind of methodically do this. And so I, I did just basically make a process. Um, and it involves, I paint oil, which, um, thankfully dries very slow. So I usually mix my paint well ahead of time. I make all my color decisions. Then I know what I'm going to paint. We talk, I have consultations with the couple. Um, and then I just have like little landmarks throughout the night. I just need to make sure I hit. And um, I have learned, I do, I have gotten anxious about it. I still, I still do. Um, but what I try to remember, and this is the same for anything, I'm just so grateful to get to use my hands to get to paint. And whenever I focus on that, I'm like, all I'm doing is painting shapes and objects and light and shadow. It's the same as painting an apple in your studio. Like it's just, it's under this condition. And I just try to remember that. And I end up having a lot of fun. Wow. Well, first I commend you because it is bold. And my first initial thought was yours when I thought, wow, that seems so stressful. And Charlotte and I both come from a wedding photography background. Both of us have been okay, wedding cool. photographers. So I know the feeling that a, a vendor feels the night before when you're anticipating the wedding and you've got the butterflies because you're like, I have to be on and I can't miss the mark. And I thought yeah. about how much pressure I've felt with my camera before and then you with your paintbrush 
going and and I like it that you mentioned expectations and how at first you set the expectations quite low and I'm sure you've raised them over time as as you've grown your process and and learned your form a little bit better in that situation but it's just it fascinates me that you have taken it like not just tried it but you've taken it and this has been a real pivotal and impactful thing for your business hasn't it Mm -hmm. yeah it has it it hit me as well not only was it fun and I do think my painting style was pretty well suited with it I I really enjoy impressionism um, and I enjoy human connection so it kind of it worked it worked conceptually as well but it also hit me that this is the first time ever I I could look at my year and be like, oh, I know I'm going to get paid then. And I actually could plan. And that changed my my life like that. My well, okay, it changed my studio life. Um, Just having that security and that 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 stability that I could rest in. Um, as you know, the weddings, weddings happen in season. So what I discovered I had initially was trying to do like one a month, that's about right for my family. Um, that's doesn't really happen here. Like they kind of have a spring season and a fall season for for us. Um, and so but once I learned that I'm like, okay, I can kind of like plan my year around this budget appropriately. At the very least, if I don't sell a single painting, which I usually do, but if I don't, I know I'll get paid these times. I can plan for this um, and it changed everything. It was incredibly helpful to have that. That's, that's so interesting to me. And I love it that you learn how to plan for the season and the busy times, because I think that's something that artists don't often recognize right away early in their career is that there's these fluctuations and you kind of have to plan Mm -hmm. accordingly. But I also love it that this changed your studio life so much and that artists could either think about offering something like this or finding something within their skill set that they could offer mm-hmm. that gives them the yeah. opportunity to know I'm going to get paid. Like this is yeah. uh, an income I can count on, which is mm-hmm. I just vital. So yeah. There's so- nothing wrong with the job. There's nothing wrong with the job. I see it as my job. You know, it's, that's my day job. I just get the paint to do it. It's, it doesn't really relate to my other work. Um, it does indirectly, but you know, it's not that, but that's okay. Like, it's yeah there's something very helpful about having that paycheck coming in yes well it's so nice to hear you say that because often in the fine art world you don't hear people say there's nothing wrong with a job so it's important <laughs> that we remind each other out there there's nothing <laughs> wrong with a job and just so out of curiosity Kristen what mm-hmm. exactly so I saw some of the portfolio of the live wedding painting but um can you just tell us what it is that you're actually painting is it the scenery of the day or yeah. the actual couple like portraits or what are you painting on that day um I when I work with my couples I'm, I'm painting a moment and it's their a moment of their choosing of their choosing um and so they usually the most common ones are basically right after they they walk down the aisle um after their after the ceremony or the first dance every once in a while I'll get a couple that just wants a portrait and they just want it to be simple and, and just them um I did a first line I think it's called once it's like a, a Cajun like parade that was really fun so basically it's a moment that they want and I actually take just video um that way I have a lot of flexibility to look at different gestures and like I, there's usually a very organic thing that they do between themselves um and I can the beauty of a painting is I'm not bound to what's happening 
you know, within my frame so I can build a painting around that. And that's, that's a skill that I've kind of learned how to do on the fly. Um, but that's how I do it. And it's, it's wonderful because it's, it's a day, it's a fun day and it's a day full of celebration and connection and human, you know, human connection, which I just, I'm always, I'm always looking for it. Um, and so that's kind of how I approach it. And then from there, it's building a painting with shapes and colors and light and dark and, I just remind myself that's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> yes. And you said that earlier and I, I actually wanted to touch on that. So I'm glad you brought it up again, but I love how in the stress and anxiety that a live wedding painting could bring you, you simplify it back and you reassure yourself it's shapes, colors, lighting. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And it's no different than painting an apple in your studio. And I love that you simplified that because I do think that artists, especially starting out, we will overwhelm ourselves with thinking everything has to be bigger, bigger, or better, better. And it really does come back to those simple foundational art skills, those simple things, the shape, the lighting. Mm -hmm. And I love it that that has brought you so much reassurance, like come back to the basics and keep mm-hmm. it simple. And yet yep. you're doing these amazing just things. A painting. You're doing these <laughs> amazing things with those simple tools. And so what I realized is that when you mentioned, when we were speaking about your books, we didn't really give a visual. We have a lot of audio learners or audio listeners here. Okay. Um, and so tell us, like, give us a description because I didn't want anyone to think that you'd written like that these are textbooks. These are beautiful oh, coffee yeah, yeah. table books <laughs> of Kristen's paintings. And so give us a little more uh, description here, Kristen, of what your books offer. Oh, this was so fun. This was so fun. Um, So it's a, it's a coffee table book. It's just one um, of the paintings in this particular series. And I, I chose to stick with a pretty impressionist a la prima style. Um, For one thing, I just, I, I love, and I have always loved the way an artist can communicate something with paint, like with a mark and a color and it's so simple. And so that's just, that's a very grounding style for me. I, I, I do branch off into expressionism and abstraction, but like, I like to come back to it again, it's that rotation. And so this, that this body of work is, is all pretty much a la prima um, impressionist painting. And so it's a book that um, it's, it's a copy to a book with, uh, paintings and prose is what I say that explore the transformation from plebe to naval officer. And so it's, it's paintings that have been kind of breaking apart, but I found the most, the essence of the, of the change. And as an impressionist painter, I'm a little bit romanced by light and <laughs> landscape. So there's a lot of that, of course. Um, I also had used this whole painting project as a way to learn how to paint. And I think that's always my goal. And I don't think that will ever change. It's also the reason why I love live wedding painting, because it's an opportunity to become a better painter. And so, but in this, in this book, there's everything from still life to landscape to portraits and multiple figures and um, compositions I made up and compositions that I use photos and some from life. And there's just basically a little bit of everything 
And, and through that process, it, I learned a lot what did and didn't work. Um, and so along the narrative alongside the book is not just about the story. It is also these little aside artist notes. It's about the like transformation of the artist as well. And so it kind of ends there. Um, and it, it's kind of a nod that we're always in this journey of growth and exploration and change and finding peace wherever we are in it. So good. So good. Thanks for describing that. I just, you know, I had a moment there where I thought we didn't really cast a visual for everyone who's listening (laughs) and, and your art is so unique. I can tell that you do pay very close attention to the lighting and to the mood. I feel the mood and it evokes such an emotion. Now, uh, there is a storytelling component for, to what you do for sure. Your paintings tell a story. Is there a trick to that for any artist out there Mm. who's looking to come more in touch with their message their what they're trying to relay in their art you have really found something there Kristen where you're able to take Mm. your message and bring it out is there anything in particular that you discovered that you can share with us yeah um I don't have a consistent writing practice like I do a painting practice. Um, however, writing does coincide with my work always. Um, I, I keep notes on my phone. Um, there's a book by Anne Lamott called Bird by Bird. I haven't actually finished reading it because I read this one thing and it's it, I, as soon as she said it, I'm like, oh, that's it. And then I went off and I keep meaning to go back to it. Um, but she was talking about one inch windows, about describing something in a little one inch window. And that's how my brain works. I get these little, little glimpses. And so I'll just write them down. And that's kind of built the the words for those books that way. But even with my regular work, um, I I do this too. I have a sketchbook and that's just where I dump all my fleeting thoughts. And it it keeps me, it keeps me able to be present on my family. If I have an idea, I don't need to go to the studio and do it. I just need to have my sketchbook and take 30 seconds to write it down. It'll be there when I'm, when I'm ready to work on it. Um, and so I go through seasons. It's not all the time. It's not every week or even every month, but I'll go through seasons where if I'm working on a new series. I will co- alongside the painting also write if I'm painting and then things come to mind, I'll write it down. Um, and, and that just that keeping consistent over time, um, I started to realize what the stuff's about. I also ended up working on my master's in fine art, which is like much more theory and writing based as well. Um, and that's not necessary. Like you don't have to do that. I just had the opportunity to. And so I, I wanted to take it. And then again, a lot more writing. And through that process, I kind of kept coming back to the same things. It was about empathy and connection and community. And so I was like, okay, like, I think this is what it's about. And it was just that practice of writing really helped me figure it out. Yes. I love that. I love that connection between writing and your art. We've we've always been here on the Bold Artist Podcast and in Bold School itself. We've been really encouraging artists to get in their daily practice and to have that sketchbook and to be just like sketching ideas and staying on top of daily practice mm-hmm. just to grow as an artist, which writing can be part of. I love that you sh- that mm-hmm. you reminded yeah. us that. And then the other thing you said there about the book you read about the one inch windows, does that help you develop a series when you begin to think of mm. like this little sliver and this little sliver? We recently had an episode Ooh. where Sharla and I were talking about developing a body of work. And I wonder yeah. if that plays a component in how you develop Ooh. your body of work. I 
<laughs> That's a good question. I'll be honest. I don't do it the same way twice. Um, it's a very much fluid process for me. I do have a few ways I tend to. Sometimes I'll center it on an idea. Um, I just had a series on motherhood um, and, and childhood, the, the change, the, the transformation of becoming a mother. That one, that was the starting place. And I had kind of like one painting I had done. I had used that as a point of departure. And so I did kind of like come up with little mini series within it until my basically my, my deadline i i could be going forever but i time's up so i had to be done um so that was one way it was around an idea and it was basically like as i went and maybe two to three paintings at a time i would figure out um other times it might just be i really want to ex- it doesn't have to be emotional and and super serious it can also just be i just want to explore this method of making marks and these colors and how do how can i play with this and so it's a lot like lighter and I do find I need to kind of like take breaks and go to that a, a lot because the dense, the, the things that are like really heady, sometimes you're like, okay, I need to just remember what it's like to have fun and pain. And so um, sometimes I'll do that. Um, sometimes it'll just be like, again, so simple. It's just the joy of painting. Like there was just a beautiful day and I'm like, I want to do a series of paintings that are all from photos of this day or, or something like that or with easel on stribbling, this was so much more easy to plan because I had a lot of writing on, okay, what is this transformation? How, if I had to break it down into like 20 paintings, what would it be? And then each of those 20 paintings kind of represented series in themselves. And so one was on winter. And so it was like pretty easy to build that because it's all winter. Like, you know, you're looking for snow and, and these kind of moments. So, um, it does depend. And I usually do a mix of planning out ahead of time and then acting on the ideas that inevitably pop up in the middle of it too. So it always changes and and being able to let go of the hard plans. If you'd like to plan to make room for some of the spontaneity, it's always a balance. Um, it's always balance. That is so good. Let go of the hard plans if you like to plan and make room for spontaneity. I also hear, so you've mentioned a few times that empathy, community, connection is really prominent in your work, but you have also brought up transformation multiple times. Yes. So I can tell that transformation and even just what you mentioned about your series on the transformation of motherhood, that is a really... I guess, near and dear subject to your heart as well. And I thank you for sharing so much of your transformation with us today and for showing us even how transformation can happen in an artist's life. Mm -hmm. I commend you and thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for being on the show today with us, Kristen Chronic and Easel on Stribling. Thanks for tuning into the Bold Artist Podcast. You know where to find us at boldschool.com where you can find out all about our classes and community. You can hop on our newsletter list there so you don't miss a beat. Find us on Instagram, Bold School Inc. and right here on the YouTube channel, Bold School. Until next time, everyone, keep creating. <laughs>